Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. Awesome. If you are a veteran and you are struggling or feel like you are leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone or feel embarrassed to share what you're going through with your inner circle, your friends and family, call the hotline at 988 and press option one. Do not make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. That's the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, the stories of our great guests. Speaking of which, our next guest helps business authors get more bang for their buck, turn intellectual property into multiple streams of income income with minimal effort. After conquering cancer in 2014, she became an author, advocate, and self-publishing evangelist. Her memoir, Guidebook, will be published this year. Since 2011, her workshops <clears throat> and one-to-one mentoring have inspired hundreds of authors to build awareness around them, about them, their books, and their business. She shares how small strategic action steps build your audience, get attention, grow connections, and help sell more books and services. So without further ado, Let's welcome to the Misfit Nation book mentoring mentor, Judy Baker. How are you, Judy? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Rich. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for reaching out to me to and getting this connection going. It's a great how we can do that now from like where you are to where I am. It's a it's a long way in, in reality. It's <laughs> only an inch and a half on the map, but it's it's a long way in reality. But it, now we can just press a button and reach out and touch somebody. So it's it's amazing how those connections are made now. Absolutely. So if you don't mind uh, sharing with the audience, uh, the Misfit Nation, a little bit more about yourself from as far back as you want to go to where we are now to so let them know, dig a little deeper into how you got to this tenacity of what you're doing now. Well, I've always been kind of a curious person, but at one time I let my shyness get in the way of meeting people, speaking up and It wasn't until I think about my mid-30s that I learned if I focused on other people, not on me, that they could learn what they wanted to learn from me, and I didn't have to get myself in knots about that. And I started uh, shifting how I worked with people, but it was really when I encountered having cancer myself um, right before my 60th birthday. I was diagnosed and the first thing out of my mouth when I was told that I had cancer was not, oh, poor me. It was, well, how do I get well? And the whole time I was in treatment, I focused on, okay, what's the next thing to do? What's the next thing to do? And, oh, how does that work? And can you tell me more about that? And I found out that not everybody is aware that resilience is something you can learn. 
but I did find that it was really helpful for me and got me through. But about three years later, after, you know, everything was good again, that was when my depression hit. And my oncologist said, well, yeah, I'm not surprised that that's what's going on because I hadn't felt that before. So I figured out what was happening. And once I could name it, then I could do something about it. And that's my same approach for working with authors. It's not so much that you don't know what to do, but sometimes you don't know the resources that are inside of you already and what you can do to build up those muscles, just like going to the gym. So now I've been, I've been working with uh, authors for a good long time and taken what I learned as an actress, as a marketing coach, as a branding expert, and I apply that to working with authors and I help them grow their audience by growing their authority as themselves. Awesome. Uh, congratulations on uh, beating the big, the big C. And, uh, I really hate that. Uh, hate the word, so I don't say it much. But, but I know a lot of people. I have a good friend right now battling it. He's in his third round of chemo right now, so huh. so he's battling that side of it right now. He's he's still staying strong and doing everything he has to do. He's upbeat every day, kind of like you were just saying, fighting mm-hmm. it, attacking it, <clears throat> and he has his circle of. Uh, influencers <laughs> pushing him and pumping <laughs> him up every day so so it helps him out it helps him out a lot i'm sure you had most definitely yeah it you know it was really funny um when i was in chemo i pictured well i'm okay because of my age i pictured pac-man gobbling up the cancer cells and i could actually feel things happening and it was true but it was a great visual because I went, oh yeah, chomping those little puppies up and they disappeared. I motivated you, see, so that was good. It, uh, <laughs> it was a good game, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Junior Pac-Man, all of them, they were all good games. <laughs> Not Absolutely. Games, but I know both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with the authors, um, I know I said business, is, is, is that meant to say busy authors or is it business authors? It's actually both. Um, Because they're nonfiction authors, they're usually business owners and they're very busy. And one of the, well, you, you might be surprised at this. Most authors only sell approximately 250 books. I mean, and I'm not just talking about one day, I'm talking about the whole time their book is out there. And if they're a business owner, they start to say, oh, I'm doing, I'm putting on my author marketing hat over here, rather than how does this book integrate with my business? How can I use it? And it's not always from book sales that you earn the most money. Definitely, especially if you paid for for publishing, you're not gonna make money with only 250 books unless you had a rock bottom publisher. (laughs) <laughs> that, that is for sure. books. yeah yeah and, uh, and yep. self, self-publishing you, you'll make some money with 250 but you, you'll still won't have that reach that you think you can have 
Well, that's true. But even even selling uh, 250 books, if you're self-published, most of the time you have invested between ten and twenty thousand dollars to get your book edited, uh, formatted, and then uploaded. And so, if you're just relying on book sales alone, you're not typically going to make that money back unless you are a blockbuster author. And if you are, that's probably not even in a consideration. But even so, James Patterson and Stephen King promote their books. They don't just rely on their publishers. They are out there showing up, you know, providing, both of them provide guidance to other authors. They talk about publishing. They talk about other things that interest them. And that's important. You want to be a whole person because we don't just buy a book. We buy the emotion, what it's going to do for us. And if we like somebody, we're likely to buy their book or their services. Definitely. And I I know I see James Patterson all the time, like on the talk shows and stuff. And not just promoting his book, like you said, he's also promoting writing and getting uh, the younger generation to get involved with writing instead of just, you know, the under 20 characters on Twitter or whatever and, and moving forward. He wants them to actually write actual things and be uh, more productive in their societies. Oh, absolutely. And I, I thought it was so funny. I think one of the first um, Zoom events with authors that happened right after the pandemic shutdown happened was with Stephen King and it was with one of the local bookstores here in California. And I was blown away at how sweet and kind he is and the fact that you know he's he writes with one of his sons frequently and he's just a he's just a totally nice tender person and then this dark stuff comes out of his head so it you know when you get to know people more fully you can find ways to connect and i think that's an that's an important lesson for authors don't just show one side of yourself because, you know, somebody out there listening today might connect with me because of the story of my having ovarian cancer. They might connect because I work with authors. And I'm sure you've had that experience too. Something you thought was a, you know, real minor detail was the touch point. And that's, you know, good to keep in mind. Right. You never know what that catalyst is going to be to connect you with someone else or the magnetism to bring you together. And you have to be welcoming and not just push people off all the time because you don't know what they're talking about or know what their angle is coming at you. Just open your eyes and listen and say, hey, I think the same thing. Oh, wow, I did that too. Awesome. (laughs) And move forward. Yeah. (laughs) So on the subject of marketing, what are like the five biggest mistakes first-time authors make when they're trying to market their book? Oh, God. (laughs) Well, I actually got a visual aid. And and. (laughs) This one, oh my goodness, Let, I'm going to just say it because I, I realized I've got it a little bit blurry here. Um, the biggest one might surprise you, but it's not having an email list. And you're going, wait, wait a minute, what year are we in? Well, email still is the best way to connect with people and to find out what they're thinking. And it's very intimate because people who have signed up for your email list have given you permission to be in their inbox and 
they want what you have to say. And if they don't, they'll unsubscribe. Don't worry about it. But if you have an email list, you can build that connection in your community. So that's my number one. Number two, your book cover. And you might be going, well, book cover, aren't we all buying things digitally? And what's that about? Well, even if you're looking at a book cover, which now most of the time you're looking at this little postage stamp size image, if it doesn't speak and connect with you, again, emotionally, and it's not clear what, you know, who the audience is, is for that book, your book cover can just sink you. And that's not just the front cover, it's the back cover. The back cover should give us a good, clear picture of why this book, why you as an author, what's in here, why should I invest my money? Why should I invest my time? And that's true whether you're using print, you're listening, you're going out for an ebook, you're going for an audiobook. If those elements are murky or don't work in your genre, people are going to be disappointed and they are probably going to move on. So those you know, those items are very, very critical. And often people will write their back cover copy first, and then they can use that as a guidepost as they're writing the book to be sure they're delivering on the promises they put on that book. So we've got no email list, your book cover, and no plan. So many Companies out there and services focus on the book launch, which is typically a single day. And if you don't plan for what happens after the launch, well, yeah, you might make it to number one on any number of lists, but you really have a, a property, an asset that should last for the lifetime and not expire like a carton of milk. So if you don't plan on how you're going to continue to get the word out about your book, then you're leaving money on the table. Some books take a long time to build an audience. In fact, some of the most famous authors like Andy Weir was one. He, he posted The Martian on a blog long before it became a book. And that didn't just happen overnight. And Oh, there was an, I'm not remembering the name of the, oh, um, Donaldson, Stephen Donaldson. He is a massive fantasy sci-fi writer. And one of his books, it took 10 years to find an audience. But once it did, boom, it took off. So planning is critical. So knowing email list, no clear brand. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, no, not a good book cover, no plan. Failing to share your expertise. Nonfiction authors, you have so much wisdom, and that's what you put in the book. And you don't have to constantly reinvent what that content is. You can drip out snippets of it in a lot of different ways, whether it's on a podcast like this, 
whether you do some videos, it could be in articles and posts in your own newsletter. But being consistent about here's my expertise, here's how I help you, and not looking at, oh, I want to sell my book. I want to sell my book. No, I want to share my expertise because I can help you. That's when it turns into a community and that is how you can really grow. And this leads into the last one, which is being salesy. I don't know about you, but if someone starts pitching me and this happened today, I was on a networking event and someone started pitching and I went, do they know why we're here? Which is really to meet each other and not to get pitched. You know, and if I if they offer something that I'm interested in, I'll go find it. But they don't have to hammer my head against the wall about, you know, buy this, buy this. And if you don't do this and, you know, the world's going to come crashing down. So just to reiterate, it's no email list, not having a book cover that speaks to your audience, uh, failing to have a plan. Not sharing your expertise in an, an, easy in, uh, an easy way for people to access it. And last of all, being salesy or pitchy. Getting a third-party endorsement is far better than you saying, oh, you should get my book because, but if you instead have someone else who's benefited from it and you can quote them, we trust other people more than we trust ads. So I'm all about the organic reach in your marketing. Thank you. Those great steps, uh, th- great five points right there. Being salesy, I, mean, I wrote that down and underlined salesy. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and getting that 30-second uh, elevator pitch down on your product or your book or whatever you're trying to get to across at that point is probably a really important part of that as well. Part of mm-hmm. that salesy part and not doing that at a networking event, of course, when you're supposed to be shaking hands and saying, hello, my name is... <laughs> or, or oh, obviously, <laughs> yeah. When when we go out in the world and we look for opportunities, when I mean, I know, I know I do this. I look at how can I help you, and the more I can help you, the more likely it is you're going to be thinking about, oh, well, Judy was really helpful to me. Who do I know who might be able to help her? But even if you don't do that. I haven't, I haven't alienated you. I've been, I, you know, I'm genuinely showing up in support of authors. Right. And that, I think that helps out a lot more. And, and that plus that word of mouth will build that network and build that reach out and bring that return customer to you. So when you launch that next nonfiction book or when you have someone else that needs to be edited or marketed, I mean, they'll come to you anyway. They'll, hey, I heard about you because my friend used you last year or two years ago, whatever. And I've been waiting to come mm-hmm. to you for this long because I was writing this book and now here I am. So then your your light turns back on. All right, here we go. Let's do this again. Well, it's absolutely true. And I'm sure you've seen it in the growth of your podcast that it was because you are here to help other people that it has grown. And you ask people to share the information and you're you're not you know always looking for some other result you really are doing this to be supportive 
And I think that that is a is a key bonus about always look at how you can be of service to others before you ask for anything. Um, I'm sure you've had people come up to you and say, oh, I want to be a guest on your podcast because it's going to do blah, 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 blah for me without looking at, well, what is it going to do for you? What's it going to do for your audience? How are they going to benefit from this? How will they react or will they stay with me if I have you on here? What's your approach? So, or, yeah. or will they just turn an episode off and come back maybe in two weeks? So hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy, exactly. I'll happy to come back and if we help one, help one, uh, reach one, help one is all I need to do. And that's what I try to do every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's wonderful. I, I really think that's a, a, a beautiful way to show up in the world. Thank you. <laughs> so as you started this to help authors, have you seen a, a type of author you like more than others? Uh, the go-getter author or the one that's standoffish and really doesn't want help or what, what type of author is your favorite to work with? Oh my gosh. Let me think about that for just a second or so. A lot of authors are introverts, even if they are business owners. And I know what that feels like because I'm kind of, I'm a situational extrovert. Truth be known, I'm really happy being on my own by myself and I like to show up and be with other people, but I need a lot of time to process that all of those interactions. And I figured out that, well, just recently I attended a conference and it took me a week to recover because it's been so long since I've been in you know, a crowd of people, not my regular uh, folks and it was so much overload. And I said, oh, I need to be more mindful of this. And I was invited to go to another event and I turned it down because, well, my my local uh, Redwood Writers Club is, the, we're the largest chapter of the California Writers Club. And we are participating at the Sonoma County Fair which is back this year in person. And I was invited to come and be at our at our display uh, table there. And I said, do I wanna do that? And I said, I don't think so. And I'm, I, I'm glad I made that decision because I found out from the members who did attend, it was wall to wall to wall people. And I would have been totally uncomfortable. So I wouldn't have shown up as my best self. I wouldn't have represented the club in the best way. And I took care of myself. And I think that's the other key. Being available and out there as an author, I want to work with with those who want to be successful and who are coachable. If they aren't, we're not a good match. I need to listen to what they want and I will support how to get there, but it's not, I'm not gonna impose my goals on them, but I do need to be sure we can have a conversation and listen to each other to be the most successful. Definitely, and the, the listening part, it really helps out, listen to hear and not to, to speak, which a lot of people have a hard time with. That's I think the overly extroverted people or those who are introverts and 
just go crazy when they're around other people extrovertedly. <laughs> so they jump on every conversation as soon as someone says something. Absolutely. Um, and, and because sometimes I want to say, oh, I know the answer. I know the answer. I might miss what's really being said if I jump in. And so I'm learning to give people more space to tell me their story. And I ask a lot of questions up front without providing a solution. I really wanna hear, what, what have you already tried? What worked for you? What didn't work for you? Because it might be something that is so completely not on my radar that I, if I just said, oh, you need to do this, 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 and this, I would miss the best part of the conversation and the real key to what is going on for that author. Definitely. And like my book, which is behind me, The 13 Step Got to Success, I, I wrote that uh, on the pushing of my daughter. She pushed me to write it because I would write posts at the end of every month during the first year of the pandemic saying, welcome to this level of Jumanji. You made it through that one and you're going to do awesome this month and we need to focus on this. And then the last month I made a list of 12 steps. I did 12 steps for the book. I made 13, added one. So each, I started writing it after she told me I need to make it into a book and I wrote it and then she was my editor. So she, she got published right out of high school and then she got a creative writing degree. So that process was a lot harder than it probably needed to be because it was father and daughter <laughs> editing and two same minded people going at each other. And so I never really had a plan for Mark and I just wanted to get it out just to make her make a gift to her to get it out there. But now I'm seeing that I should have marketed it so more people can get it and get those lessons. So that, that's a lesson learned I had in this book. Well, the nice thing is, since you self-published it, it can still grow the audience. You can do, you know, you can see how have I done so far and what else might I do to get the word out? And so there's a lot of things you can do. And I'm all about rebooting your book. Even the big, even the big publishers, even though we don't have as many of them as we used to, they often will retitle a book they'll recover a book they'll do all kinds of things and if you look if you look up even um i'm gonna you know pick a classic but if if you looked up shakespeare you will see so many different book covers treatments oh my gosh there are so many different ways to promote yourself and if you think about a book, it's really a product. I know you put your heart and soul into it, but it is a product. If you went into the grocery store right now, any grocery store, almost anywhere in the world, and you went to find baking soda, tell me how many places you think you could find it in the store. I know of one in the baking aisle. <laughs> yeah. There's there's probably at least five. Wait, <laughs> you know, it'll be in the baking aisle. It'll be in the cleaning products. It could be in the laundry detergent. And it's all the same stuff. But if you're looking for it and you want to clean with it, you're not going to go to the cooking aisle. You want it to be where you're looking for it. And that's what authors need to pay attention to. Where's your audience? Where are they hanging out? Where might they discover you? Yes. And be strategic. Baking soda, baking powder could be in baking aisle, which is aisle three, I think. And then the 
Cleaning's like 15, so <laughs> they're pretty Absolutely. far away from each other. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the, the big consumer products are looking at that. Is there more than one use for what we're selling? And if so, then how do we need to package it? I mean, oh, Gillette razors is another one. It just cracks me up because I'm going, it's the same thing. That one's pink. That one's blue. That one's for this, you know, and it's the same razor. There's no difference. <laughs> this one's for the teenager. This one's for the adult. And it's the same exact thing. I looked at it as, okay, I can buy the Walmart one and get the same one. So it's exactly the same. <laughs> but they Oh, get- I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Yeah, but that's how we need we need to start thinking the same way. And a lot of what has started to happen, the big publishers and the medium size and the smaller ones, they're looking at how authors now are having direct to consumer relationships. And one of my, one of my favorite authors is she just completely redid her website for that very reason, because she's been selling direct for a long time. And the larger publishers didn't catch on that authors want to talk to their audience. And selling through, you know, one of the largest booksellers, but they're not the largest in the world, but, you know, through KDP, which is Amazon, you don't know who bought your book. If they didn't leave a review, you don't know who bought your book. But... If you start to cultivate the people who like and know about you and you've got them on your email list, well, then you can query them. You can invite them to special events and you are using that knowledge to deliver more of what they want. And in turn, they'll give you more of what you want, which is a wider audience and more engagement. Awesome. You gave us a lot of points and tips and uh, a lot of things people can uh, uh, digest on this last 30 minutes here. And I wrote a lot of notes, almost a whole page of notes, a lot of bad writing, but I, I can understand myself. So it's good. And I can always go back and listen again. So it's <laughs> I don't have to worry about missing everything, but I got all the things I thought were important right going as we're going forward. And uh, I really thank you for your your tips and tricks and advice on marketing. And uh, I could actually reboot my book with a different picture. So it's good. <laughs> and and uh, maybe make it a little more uh, appeasing to the eye and also put out a kid's version of it so I can take out some of the curse words. Oh, you know, and that is a good point because um, I even have friends right now who are taking their Wildflowers of California book, which is a big coffee table book, and they're turning it into a kid's version. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, you want to start the kids young to appreciate what's around them and what's at stake if we don't stop doing certain things to the climate. Right, yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so how does someone reach out and uh, get in touch with you to help them market their book or just get some advice? Well, the easiest thing is to go to my website, which is bookmarketingmentor.com, and you're going to see a big pink button if you have questions about what's going on with your book marketing. And I'll do a free 30-minute consultation with you it's a book buzz audit and if you don't remember bookmarketingmentor.com you can also type in bookbuzzaudit.com and it'll take you to my scheduling page and then we'll have a conversation 
and find out what's going on with you and how we can get you where you want to go. Awesome. Uh, Judy, thanks again for taking some of your time to today. You're still day there so, and uh, share with us. And uh, again, congratulations on beating the big C. And uh, I look forward to great things from you in the future. Oh, thank you so much. And I invite you to schedule a time with me and we'll talk about your book. Awesome. Thank you. I will do that. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are... Fit, 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 fit Nation.